Let's do this. Here you go, boys. Say, you both look like you got a furfy or two to tell. Good day, everybody, and welcome to Crackin' Furfies, the show where we crack furfies over some cold ones. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me along the bar is my good mate, Ash Wallace. Ash, how are we going today? I'm feeling pretty good. How are you, my friend? Yeah, not too bad at all, Ash. Had, the, had a nice, easy day, so I can't complain too much. What about yourself, my friend? I've had a very easy day. I actually had today off of work, and I spent pretty much the entire day playing PS5. Ooh, so what are you playing on PlayStation? <laughs> I think I told you this last week after we finished recording that I've been trying to platinum Persona 5, and it has mm. been taking me a long time. I did it today. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Finally stopped playing. I think I was at 189 hours. Jesus. And then I've... Also, Platinum Persona 5 Royal, which I think had about 150 hours. Jesus. So, a lot of hours. Multiple hours. I've been trying to convince you to play that game. Don't let that deter you. I think my first playthrough mm. was much less than that. It was only like 120 hours. Uh, well, probably about 100, but yeah, it was still <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm keen to play it just uh, another day. Not today. Not yeah, today. No, nah, fair enough. <laughs> I've got so many okay, JRPGs so, I want to get to, just, and that's one of them, but I don't know. I just want to put it out there that this game is that good that I don't like anime, really. There's a couple that I like. I've seen quite a few, and I've liked maybe 10% of what I've watched. That game combines a lot of elements that I don't like, but somehow makes them work so well that it's one of my favorite games ever. Mm. Well, I that- can. I cannot recommend that game enough. That's high praise. Anyway. It's high praise. Yeah. I've actually I've got a Persona 5 mouse mat just in front of me. Or a bar mat, should I say. I've got a bar Do mat you? in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to show me that at some point. Yeah. Um just briefly as well, there's been a slight alteration to the spelling of the title of the podcast for this episode. <laughs> since I'm cracking a furfy and you're I don't know, you're cracking my furfies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a Kraken Black Spiced Rum, one of my favourites. Always enjoy it. I'm not really cracking it. It's like nearly empty. It's got the, like the last bit of the bottle. So, the dregs. Yeah, the dregs. So I've got to like pour it and then get some coke out. And I don't know. It's- uh, that's when the barman gets fancy though. You go to those bars that instead of like several different ice cubes, they've got the one big one. What yeah, oh. Are they called, like, do they call them rocks, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. It's got a real weird name. Yeah, I don't work at a bar that has uh, fancy ice. It's just from an ice machine. No, I haven't either. (laughs) We both worked at bars in our local area back where you are. And trust me, they definitely weren't having anything like that. (laughs) No. I really want to try, like, a... um, Like, yeah, the fancy, like, cocktails and stuff they do, like, just the big ice cube and just pour it. Nice and gently over it, and yeah, that's what I want to try. But not today. I've got no ice at all. I've just got a glass and some probably room temperature Coke because I uh, had it out from lunchtime. So what are you going to do? All right, Ashy boy, cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers, my friend. <laughs> Let me try and pull this. Yeah, I, I've looked it up. I'm pretty sure it is called a rock. There you go. Just a rock? There you go. Rock ice is used for drinks. The primary spirit based. Uh, yeah, it's a rock. Mm. 
There you go. <laughs> now we know. I usually like my um, rum nice and strong, especially when I'm pouring it myself at home. But pour it a yeah, little bit lighter today. Same. I'll be falling asleep on you otherwise, potentially. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a like a dangerous pourer when I drink spirits. Mm. I'll be just mixing them like sixty forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, I've especially got like spiced rum because it just tastes so good. Yeah, like I could drink Kraken straight. <laughs> <laughs> I could too, but it's probably not a good idea. No, it's definitely not a good idea. I've done it before. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, because I've got this uh, like really big cup. It's like this, it's got a pokeball pattern on it. So I take that to parties and people are like, "Was that? Was that? Was Drew got a Pokemon cup?" I'm like, "Because I want to, <laughs> goddamn it!" But it's like this massive cup. I fill it all the way up with ice, and I fill most of it up with like Kraken or spiced uh, spiced rum, then like like a little blob of Coke. Like it's like the complete opposite way around it. It tastes so good. And you just like sip at it um, like for like, I don't know, an hour or something. You just like, you know, sipping as, on it as you're talking to people and stuff. And it's just, oh, so, so wonderful. Because like a lot of that the- nice warming feeling when it's going down. It's great for wintertime. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, awful weather at the moment. I don't know what it's like over there in Melbourne at the moment, but just it's pretty bad overcast here. day in day out the mornings are freezing but it hasn't been raining that much so i guess that's just a bonus <laughs> yeah yeah it's been raining like here all the time and i i quite appreciate that that gives me more time to spend at home because can't really get stuff yeah, done out the, the farm so i love it <laughs> <laughs> stay inside play some games do some catch up with some podcast stuff we're coming up to episode 200 on the house of mario so i'm getting the Bunch of uh, dumb skits and stuff ready for that. So looking forward to doing that early next week. So I yeah, can't wait to hear it. Hopefully I'll be able to put a, something together for you for it as well on time. No promises though. <laughs> That's all good. If, if you can uh, get there, we'll very much appreciate it and have fun with it. But if you can't, it's all good. I'll get you, I'll get you definitely something, whether it's just a short thank you message or congratulations That's, or something. That's all it has to be, man. You don't have to go all out and record a, an album for us to play. <laughs> <laughs> Debut your album. Challenge accepted. <laughs> hey, this is uh, Drew. Um, We're debuting Ash Wallace's new album. It's called uh, Pink Elephant, and it comes out <laughs> August 25th. Finally enough, Pink Elephant, already an album. This is an album beanie. <laughs> yeah, I was looking okay. Atlantic. Yeah, I was, <laughs> oh, right. I was looking at your beanie. I just saw a pink beanie with an elephant on it. Well, it's pink elephant. But. See, I've got this same beanie that's black and the elephant's pink. And yeah, the album's called Pink Elephant and it's by Stan Atlantic. Brilliant album. Mm. If you like punk music. Oh, I love that stuff. I'll, yeah, I love uh, a lot of bands with Atlantic at the end of it. <laughs> there yeah. seems to be a few of them, doesn't it? There are quite a few of them, and they're all pop punk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, like, I get confused because, like, on my Spotify or Apple Music, um, I'm just, like, it's recommending re- recommending me some bands. I'm like, don't I know them already? It's like, oh, no, it's a, di- it's a different band with Atlantic at the end. I get, I, I get that as well. Not so much maybe with the Atlantic thing, but I get it with, like, a lot of pop punk bands just with, like, very similarly sounding cliche names. Like I always get yeah. pretty sure it's the wonder years and the story so far. I always get them mixed up. <laughs> Cause they're not really that similar, but they, they kind of are. <laughs> yeah. So if you know what I mean, yeah, you have stories over the years. So I guess you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you wonder about them. You do. You think this is where we are so far. 
Every day right, it's like, what's is, going this on? This is getting off the rails a bit. <laughs> well, I don't know, Ash. Does this show ever have any rails? Is is there a point they have any rails? Nah. Nah, this show's a road train because we're off the rails. <laughs> Just a really long, slow, gone through the outback. That's what we are. That we're always being overtaken by everyone else. <laughs> oh, no. Everyone else that comes near us, straight into the left lane. <laughs> Just like getting the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's jump into and crack, try and crack some furfies, Ash. Sounds fantastic. All righty. So who do you want to go first? I think you should because you said before yeah. we started recording that you've got three rounds. So if I go first, then I think you'd end up doing two in a row. Yeah, you would. So you should go first. Yeah, okay. Well, just to, just not to scare anyone off, the last round is uh, very simple and be very quick. So don't, uh, don't worry about that, Ash. All right, so the first story is man violently trashes Richmond McDonald's over surface, uh, service dissatisfaction. And very plausible in Richmond, but continue. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Lola man calls bomb threat because he didn't get sauce for chicken McNuggets. And last, father discovers sinister message in his son's Happy Meal crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. So what are we thinking See, here, Ash? Where is the furphy? The Richmond one to me just, it sounds like something that someone would do. I'm just... Like, out of all of them, that's the one I hear when I'm like, yeah, that probably happened. So I'm pretty sure that one would be true. The second one also strikes me as is more likely than the third one because the second one, you don't ever realise that they forgot. If you're getting, like, takeaway and you're driving home, you don't realise that they've forgotten something until you get home. That's just how it works. And you would then, if you were going to find a bomb threat, do it from home. Jesus. You wouldn't do it if you were still at the store and you found it. you just go up and ask for the source. So by process of elimination, I guess the crossword one? Yeah, let's go with that one. I think that one's the furphy. Ah, you see? Now that's a frothy fur. Oh, you found the frothy fur, Ash. Well done. I know it wasn't the hardest one, but... You know, there could have been someone out there who's really trying to, you know, put some sinister messages in there via a kid's co- crossword puzzle. You never know. It's a wacky world out there. But, it yes, a wacky world. yes, the other two are real. Um, unfortunate for the, the, the men and the women that have to work at McDonald's uh, to earn some money and stuff. Very unfortunate that there's people out there that just be a bit of a knobhead. I would, I would like to hear a bit of detail on that bomb threat one if you've got it. I do. So this one is from... Uh, HuffPost.com and the article reads, Police say that a lonely man attempted to get revenge on his local McDonald's after he was shafted out of sauce for his chicken McNuggets, but things blew up in his face. <laughs> Police <laughs> arrested... By HuffPost journalist. <laughs> just, just a top-notch, top-notch. <laughs> um, Garnish. That was the <laughs> dipping sauce right there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, police arrested Robert Golwitzer Jr. on Saturday night after he allegedly threatened to blow up the restaurant and punch an employee over missing condiments, according to ABC affiliate Who. Uh, investigators told the station that the 42-year-old suspect called for fast food chain and uh, after discovering his order was incorrect. 
After police contained Golwitzer, the source-craving suspect admitted, admitted to making the threats. Authorities arrest, arrested Golwitzer Saturday night and charged him with a felony of creating, of making uh, a false report of explosive or in-century device, according to CBC affiliate C, or KCCI. On Sunday, he was released from uh, Polk County Jail after post uh, posting bond. So yeah, what a what a what a fuckwit. <laughs> yeah, can I just say, like, what? Why? I, I can't I can't fathom. Like, sure, you get home and you you're not even missing the main food item from your thing. You're just missing some sauce. Use some of your sauce at home. <laughs> yeah, but the th- the thing is, Ash, like, you don't go out to McDonald's. Just to get nuggets. The nuggets by themselves, they're pretty plain. You know, there's not much to them. The main thing is that sauce. I know the sauce is a condiment, but really the condiment is the nuggets for the sauce. Let's let's be honest here. So without that well. sauce, you just you got nothing. And I've had this experience a couple of times at Hungry Jacks of all places. I found out if you get I get this like meal where they chuck in three nuggets and um, an extra cheeseburger. Is that is that the hunger tamer? That is the hunger tamer's box, Ash. I quite often get that I one. I live across the road from a hungry jack, so I'm partial to a hunger tamer here and there. <laughs> I get the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, and I found out that they quite often do not chuck in sauce because they're like, oh well, it's only three nuggets, and it, it feels like a waste to put in the whole thing of sauces for three nuggets. Let's be honest, but it is annoying because I've just got these real bland nuggets, which I don't really care for, without some nice. Um, sweet chili or some barbecue sauce, you know, just something to spice it up yeah, a little bit. I'm always bit. the um, the spicy sauce. That's the one I go for. <laughs> and, like, what are you going to do? You're going to get some master foods out, some tomato sauce with your nuggets? I don't think so. Why would you even bother going out in the first place? Uh, you gotta, you got to have, you got to have, um, like, fallbacks. you got to have other sauces there that you can use to kind of emulate the sauces you would have got. Except for sweet and sour. You can't do that at home, but I don't really mm. like sweet and sour sauce. Ooh. But I actually also don't like chicken nuggets, so this isn't usually a problem mm. for me. If I get home and there's no sauce and I don't have anything I can use for it, I'll probably just throw them in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, true. Yeah, I, re- I really just don't like nuggets. I actually think that they're gross. Yeah, well... I quite like nuggets, but I do, you know, come to the conclusion that then it's just it doesn't have much chicken in it. It's just probably a bit of goo and a bit of flour, but it tastes all right. Tastes all right. So yeah. I think that if you've ever had, if you buy like frozen chicken nuggets from a supermarket and you cook them yourselves, those ones are actually quite good because mm. they're more genuine. They yeah. taste better. No, I, I'm pretty but, sure... Yeah, like fast food chicken nuggets, I am mm. not a fan. I think you might be on the same page here, Ash, but chicken nuggets, you know, they're they're not that great. But it's the chicken medallion. Now, that is where the, the money Ooh, is worth, yeah. like worth servo investing. Servo medallions? <laughs> yeah, because we have a um, service station here. It pretty much acts as our McDonald's where, you know, if you're hungry at night, that's your option. We don't have McDonald's, Hungry Jacks, KFC, any of these 24-hour <clears throat> fast food chains. It is the servo. And they actually do ripper chicken medallions. And they Absolutely haven't been that good do. recently, I will admit. I think the guy that really perfected that recipe has now moved on to greener pastures. Perfect. But Perfected the recipe. Well, he did. He did. Let's be, let's be honest here. The town knew Countex <laughs> service station He's for being... He's chef now. <laughs> yeah, we, he may as well be. But, yes, yeah, <laughs> since then, I haven't had some ripper medallions there. But medallions, that is where, like, you get that proper breast meat... 
And you really, really do get a good meal out of uh, those medallions. And it is but. just deep fried to hell, dripping with oil. But oh, mm. you savor every last drop of the oil. Oh, you do. You just like, yeah. you just like lick know, it off your I know fingers. The servo you're talking about, the only 24 hour servo in Millicent, I believe. It is. Yeah, it was not very far from my mum's house. So I've, I've, I've also been there a few times walking back to my mum's after going out. Yeah. A couple of cheeky uh, Caltex runs, go and get a chocolate oak. Some dim sims, you know, just... Can't say I was ever getting a chocolate oak at the end of a night out, but... <laughs> oh, Ash. Ash. <laughs> what, should I have been? <laughs> no, it's up to you, man. You can get whatever you like there. Well, well what would you get there? Uh, I'd just medallions. definitely buy a chocolate oak if I was just going there to get fuel or something and I felt like a drink, but not after several several beers at the pubs on the main street. I wouldn't then be thinking, mm, I could really go for an oak. <laughs> just load up with milk. Just <laughs> bloat yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably not a great like, idea. Oh, people that drink Baileys when they get drunk, like milk-based liqueurs. Oh. Yeah, no, that's a, that's, that's a no-go. That's a no-go. Don't appreciate it. Actually, can I just say, I don't dislike people that do that. I just don't like the drinks themselves. No, Ash, be honest with yourself. Just admit you don't like people that drink Baileys. <laughs> if they drink Baileys, You're they're right. out of your life. You don't want to know them. <laughs> yep. And let that be a message to all of you. <laughs> Someone's just having a nice night listening to this podcast, uh, having a sip of Baileys, but oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, Ash. <laughs> Smashes the bottle over there. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll get it. Mm-hmm. Let's get into some more stories. All right. Story number one. John Barillaro <laughs> admits New South Wales has no idea what lockdown restrictions are working. Story number two. Slow moving traffic as cow wanders onto the M6 motorway. Mm-hmm. And story number three. Sydney CBD's council, the City of Sydney Council, elects aptly named 49-year-old man Sydney Bondi as chairman. Fuck, I don't know, Ash. I don't know. That That last one, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're looking at John Barillaro. Um, Got no idea about what restrictions there are in Sydney. I can believe that. He's he's too busy trying to sue a fucking comedian. (laughs) To actually know what the fuck his state's up to, bloody <laughs> clown. Doesn't even know what state he's premier of. Uh, what a what a fucking joke he is. Um, so just also for anybody listening that doesn't know who John Barillaro is, he is the deputy premier of New South Wales, which is the state in Australia with Sydney, which is our biggest city. So he's pretty popular in the media at the moment because a political YouTuber is being sued by him for defamation. Who his name is Friendly Geordies. But this is just kind of topical because of that, because everybody knows. Nobody knew who he was about two or three months ago. Now everybody knows who he was and everybody hates him. (laughs) And then he does this, which is also Sydney are in lockdown at the moment, have been for about a month or month and a half. And it's just been, it was meant to end and it's just been extended instead of ending by another whole month. So our thoughts are with the people from Sydney, except for John Barillaro. Mm, definitely, definitely. Because, uh, like, we just came out of a week lockdown. It was a week in Victoria as well, was it, Ash? Uh, I lockdown? think was it was two? two or three for us. Was it right? But, like, always, we're seasoned veterans by this point. We mm. don't even notice. Yeah, because even a week, like, yeah, we've been so lucky here in South Australia. So, have, having this, like, week lockdown, um, you know, I, I quite enjoy it because I, 
a holiday for me is being like, Drew, you stay home. Like, yes, I will. Thank you very much. I'll <laughs> stay home. I've got lots of things here I'll enjoy doing in, in my house in the wintertime. But even like when I went out and the town sort of came back to life, it just felt like really weird having like, you know, you're seeing kids going to school again and people out and about working and um, being able to get around outside without a mask again. It's like, oh, geez, even a week. So I can imagine what it's like for a month. So definitely, yeah, definitely uh, thinking about our Sydney brethren's out there. But so the cow on the motorway, I feel like uh, recently uh, near our farm, um, one of our neighbours, their bull got out on the road and uh, cars, this was at night time, it was a black bull. Cars were, they uh, turned down their headlights because they were coming to one another and then that uh, sort of inhibits their uh, visibility and uh, as they're passing each other, one of them hit the bull and like shattered the window screen and it just, all the glass went all over the other car passing it at the same time. So it could have been like, yeah, it could have been like an awful, awful, the accident. planets have aligned to cause that accident. Mm. There's wow, because I know I've lived back there as well. And for people living in the city, you might not even know what it's like. But when you're passing somebody in the country and you've both got your headlights on, you have to change from high beam to low beam. But even when they're on low beam, you can't see anything when you're passing each other except the other person's headlights because they're so bright. You can like mm. you have to go really slow because you don't have any idea what's around you and. Yeah, you don't know what's around you because this person hit a bull, and there are a lot of kangaroos in the area as well. So, mm. so yeah, that was lucky that no one really got hurt. He he totaled his car because you yeah, know Matt hitting lucky. a bull. It's like it's like literally a ton. These animals weigh a ton. Yeah. So Did, was the bull badly injured? Did it die? It it, it died very very quickly. <laughs> Getting yeah, hit at 110 okay. k's an hour. Oh, yeah. so, okay. Oh, well, whenever I have to turn down my headlights because you just can't see anything, I always go, go really slow. Mm. Well, that that is what people should do, I guess, just to be nice and safe. So I can see that happening. It's insane on a, that a cow on no a freeway. Injured if you hit it at 110. Mm. Yeah, but no. very lucky. I'm happy for it. I'm happy for the people that no one got injured. That's insane. Yeah, certainly. So, like, a cow on a freeway, I could only imagine, hopefully, like, there's that many cars and it's during the day that it won't be an issue. They just sort of stop and wait for this cow to do its thing and get off. Um, so, no. So, I'm going to believe I'm gonna believe John Barillaro. You could be setting me up here because you just bait me with his bloody name. I'm like, yeah, no, he's bloody useless, bloody. And that's how all these... Uh, <laughs> All these stories about politicians get started up at the pub. All these bloody furfies getting told about them <laughs> when they're just trying their best best to run the bloody country. That's all they're doing here, Ash. But we are <laughs> criticising them on our bloody silly little podcast, but I think he deserves it. Um, all right. And the last one, I've got no idea about, about the last one. You, just, you said a bunch of things where I'm like, oh, I guess. <laughs> I guess he's the chairman of the chairman, the chairman of um, what you said. What was the chairman of what? Hang on, I'll, I'll read it again. Uh, Sydney CBD's council, the city council. of Sydney council, mm-hmm. elects aptly named 49-year-old Sydney Bondi as chairman. Yep. All right, I'll go over that one. <laughs> you think that one's the furphy? Yeah, because like, I can imagine there's this guy. He's like, well, my name's Sydney Bondi. I'm perfect for the job. And they're like, bloody fantastic. That is that is a meme-worthy applicant we must have him well i mean 
I don't think that he could just walk in and be like, I want this job. And they'd be like, well, what's your name? And he'd be like, Sydney Bondi. And they'd be like, you got it. Are you serious, Ash? I think he would have to be on serious? the board for quite a while. If I was on <laughs> well, that board. I mean, maybe you are right because that was the furphy. Yeah, well, thank God. Ah, you see? Now that's a frothy fur. <laughs> see? Look look at that intuition there, hey? And when I, Can I just... <laughs> when I said oh, seriously, sorry. it activated my Siri on like my like three Apple <laughs> devices right here. I'm like, fuck sakes. <laughs> <laughs> so just quickly, I missed... Uh, we were talking about excellent puns by journalists mm. in your story that you read out for blew up in his face. I missed the greatest ever journalist pun in the headline, slow moving traffic as cow wanders onto the M6 motorway. It says it's slow moving traffic. No. As cow onto no. the M6 motorway. Oh, you should have you should have just left it. Untold, Ash. Oh, no. I'm going to vomit after that yeah, one. that one's from Sky News. That one mm-hmm. says a cow had to be led back to its farm after wandering onto the motorway and blocking traffic in Staffordshire. The animal was spotted by drivers on the M6 at, Dox, at Doxy Lane on Tuesday night. The Central Motorway Police Group said. There's a Central Motorway Police Group? Seems like a very specific police group. <laughs> it had gotten onto the carriageway after idiots forced... And left a farmer's gate open, they added. Well, that was silly. Uh, I don't think there's really anything else that needs to be read from that one. And the John Barillaro one. I need to reload the page because it has blocked me for using an ad blocker. I hate that. Uh, New South Wales Deputy Premier Premier John Barillaro has admitted his government has no idea which of Sydney's lockdown restrictions are working during an on-air grilling from Carl Stefanovic. Mr. Barillaro on Thursday morning defended the decision to lock down Australia's largest city for another four weeks after almost five weeks of stay-at-home orders did nothing to stop the spread of the highly contagious Delta COVID-19 strain. New South Wales recorded another 239 cases on Thursday. Yeah, okay, where's the bits where he says it? Sorry to put this to you, but I... Oh... Let's see what happens over the next four weeks, he told the Today Show co-host. When asked what would happen if the extension, extended restrictions also failed to lower transmission in the city, I have no crystal ball to tell you what we do next. Sorry to put this to you, but I think you just said you don't know what's working and what isn't. Is that what you said, Stefanovic responded. That, uh, it's a very clickbaity article now that I've read it. Well, they got you. what he said quite out of context. Well, what did and he say next? I think that was just it. It was just oh. the bit when he says, I have no crystal ball to tell you what we do next. That doesn't mean that he's said that they don't know what's working. Although maybe he did say that and it's just not written in the article. I'm not sure. But from what it, from what it looks like from this article from dailymail.co.uk, it looks like Carl Stefanovic twisted his words quite a bit with his rebuttal. Mm. Well, bloody politicians, bloody journalists, I tell you what. They're all um, they're all a bit uh, bit shifty, bit shifty. Are you trying to yeah, guess? Yeah, there's not that many. Well, I mean, it's very easy to say from here. It's probably a, I assume it's a very difficult job to do. Of course, like there's yep. nothing you can do that's going to make everyone happy. But no. you could start by not being corrupt. <laughs> mm, that is always a, a good way. Yeah. Also, there's just point point out that they're all allegations. We don't know anything behind the scenes, but. That they are the allegations that have been made against John Barillaro is that he's quite corrupt. Just uh, quite damning allegations. <laughs> yes, very damning. Yeah. All righty. 
Let's uh, move on to round two. So my first story is Texas teens find a dead man's body, steal his jewellery, and post it all on Snapchat. Well, just off the bat, I believe that 100%. Continue. <laughs> Workers digging well in the backyard find the world's largest sapphire cluster. And man sued by friend for stealing one too many chips off his plate. (laughs) I hope that last one is true. I hope. Um, Sapphire Cluster. I find that quite believable just because of the wording. Like a Sapphire Cluster sounds very... Like it would be the correct terminology. What was the what was the first one? Sorry, the dead man's body, and they stole his jewelry and posted it on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Now these all sound true to me <laughs> because that absolutely sounds like something that would happen. I'm sure you heard about the the accident here in Victoria. I think it would have been maybe like six or seven months ago, where the truck driver hit the police car. Mm, yeah, pulled over the. Porsche, yeah. We don't need to go into detail about it. Very morbid, but it sounds mm-hmm. very similar to what happened here. Um, geez. Okay, let's let's go with the man being sued is the furphy. I hope it's true, but I'm gonna go with that. Ah, one. you see, now that's a frothy furf. <laughs> that's a frothy furf, Ash. That's bullshit. That is some bullshit Man, I made up before the show. So hoping it was uh, true. So hoping. Yeah, because Ash, I put this one in here because I hate people stealing my fucking chips. Um, <laughs> one of like my uh, my boss actually, the, the guy who uh, one of the brothers who runs the Beachport Hotel, he's got no problem at all with stealing a bloody chippy every now and again. And you get <laughs> you get a staff meal there. You have it sitting on the counter for when you finish uh, finish your shift. Absolutely starving by midnight or 10 o'clock or whenever you finish uh, your shift. And he will come and pinch a chip. And to be honest, they could be a little bit more giving when it comes to giving you some chips. So every chip is sacred. Ah, yeah, okay. I'm starving. I'm bloody, I want my bloody burger. I want these chips. So it just shits me every single time when someone goes, oh, I'll just have a chip. No, especially nowadays with COVID, you do not touch my fucking uh, plate. So... I would be the bloke suing someone for stealing one too many chips. So you keep that in mind, Ash. Well, you stay away from my chips. I, I was just about to say, I know what I'm going to do every time we oh. eat out together from here on. <laughs> Even if I've got my own chips, I'm going to steal mm, something. Oh, fucking hell, Ash. I will. I'll do something. No, I wouldn't do that, especially not in the current climate with COVID and whatnot. It's probably not very hygienic. You, you bring like a glove. You're like, oh, this is my... <laughs> this is my chippy nicking glove. Mm. <laughs> I'll, like, I'll get a new rubber glove for every chip that I steal. <laughs> I just throw it on the table next to my plate when you take it off the glove. Oh, no, I'll, take a chip. I'll take a chip and you'll give me that what the fuck look. I'll be like, oh, sorry, man. And I'll just spray the rest of your chips with sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Oh, all right. No. Yeah, Fair well, game. <laughs> I'll laugh the first time anyway. That's That's for sure. <laughs> All right, so let, let's learn about the Texas teens, eh? So this is from foxnews.com and everyone's favorite news source, uh, Fox News, <laughs> if you're in the US and you're, you're like Trump. All right. Oh, it was the body Trump? <laughs> yeah, well. He would have had a lot of jewelry. Just, just got like all these rings. Oh, well, look at this. All right, <laughs> so the article reads, two Texas uh, 
two Texas teen girls discovered discovered the remains of a 25 year old man, oh, stole girls. his jewelry. Okay, I was not expecting that. Yeah, and posted a video um, of it to Snapchat. Police said the man is believed to have hanged himself in a, a Medley Valley drainage ditch. The girls, 17 and 16, face felony charges of theft from a human corpse in connection with the Monday morning incident, according to Bexter Country Sheriff's Office. Homicide investigations said that they had ruled out foul play and believed the man's death was a suicide. He was found hanging from a roadside railing by what appeared to be a shirt according to the sheriff's office. After the girls stumbled upon the body, they called another friend who called 911 around 8.38 a.m. Monday, according to investigators. The teens told deputies that they were walking uh, to a gas station and saw something in the drainage ditch. They went closer and took a look and found the victim. But on Tuesday, investigators said they learned of a video circulating on social media that showed the scene before the deputies arrived. It allegedly showed 17-year-old... Uh, taking a gold necklace off the man's dead chest. According to Fox uh, San Antonio, uh, the video was sent anonymously by Bexter uh, County Sheriff deputies. Investigations saw the older teen and they recognized her as the witness at the scene. According to an arrest um, afterwards, uh, the friend told told them she did it because the necklace matched her fashion style. The girls allegedly admitted to stealing the necklace, but investigations investigators told they only kept the charm. Authorities have not recovered the chain. The girls surrendered the pendant and deputies returned it to the man's fam- family, according to Fox 29. The girls were charged with theft of a human corpse. The older one was arrested Tuesday night and released on $2,000 bail. As of Wednesday afternoon, jail records show the 16-year-old was not listed on the county inmate roster. So, bit of a bit of a pretty fucked up story. Those girls, yeah, get your shit together. I was gonna say, I just want to say before we move on, that was fucked up. <laughs> yep. What the hell? What, what were they thinking? I don't. That yeah. So that they got That's just cooked <laughs> that somebody would do that, especially young girls too. That's just anyway. <laughs> you can tell they're going to grow up to be very uh, nice people <laughs> if they're just well, like, oh dead body. Oh, we're going to take that. Grow up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. That, that sounds like they're going to be murdered or something. That's not what I meant. I just meant they're going to stay <laughs> <a> immature. <laughs> mm, very. Hopefully it's something to look back on and learn their lesson. If you find someone dead, don't rob them. Don't steal their jewellery. That's a good way to get haunted. Even if it matches your, <laughs> your fashion sense. Like, you know. Yeah. Do you want to be hexed? Yeah. I saw a really uh, a man with some nice chino jeans the other day just laying in the park. I'm like, hmm. I'll look great in those. They're, I think they're about the right size too. I measured up my leg um, compared yeah, to his. That's my like, fashion sense. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a nice, that's a nice color. Might cost me eighty bucks if I buy them to the shop. So I might just steal a dead man's. Jesus Christ! What were they if thinking? If it was like you find a dead body, I'm not trying to justify this in any way. But if you find a dead body and they've like died of natural causes, then you're like, <laughs> it's not as bad then. But you find somebody in the wild that has hung himself and then you go like, oh, I wonder if this guy's anything I can take. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's any better if they just die from a heart attack or anything. I don't think it makes any difference, to be honest. They've still got yeah, family I, and stuff, just like... I don't know. I guess know. it's just the, the suicide aspect makes it much more morbid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Oh, God. Anyway, let's not stew on this any longer than we need to. <laughs> what was the other story? Uh, it was about the, the biggest sapphire cluster found in someone's backyard. Right. Well, that one's pretty self-explanatory. Did you want to read any of it? Uh, yeah, well, basically, uh, workers were working in a, someone's backyard in Sri Lanka. And they found a massive, massive uh, cluster of sapphires. It's one of the biggest. And apparently, uh, experts, they say that it could be up, it could be worth up to 100 yeah 100 million dollars on the international market does the is the guy i don't know if it states this in the article does the guy that owns the property is it technically his yeah i'm not sure so i read through the article before i put it here it's only a real short one so uh local authorities the person was digging uh the well alerted us that there are some rare stones later we stumbled upon this huge uh, specimen the cluster weighs um, 2.5 million carats. Uh, Gamage, a gem trader, said some stones came loose from the cluster. They were tested and confirmed to be high-quality star sapphires. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it's like belongs to the guy whose property it was or anything, but it's just talking about the gem trader and how um, You'd, you'd he's like to about. think that even if he doesn't get the full value, that he'd get something for it. Yeah, because it would be like a shame, like some like, tradies come over and dug up all this gold in your backyard for example and you're just like well guess i'm still working for the rest of my life and they're good yeah <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit rough yeah all right let's get my final round mm-hmm. nine-year-old james tivoli skateboarding prodigy becomes youngest ever to land the indy 900 beating asha brayshaw's record who landed the trick at 10 years old a mm-hmm. uh, woman reveals horror as snake gives birth to 17 babies under bed Ooh. and Florida man in bubble like <laughs> vessel, vessel, vessel washes up on beach. Sheriff says, all right. So are you trying to Florida man? Very believable. Are you trying to bloody get me just by saying Florida man? Cause <laughs> you say Florida man at the start. You can just believe it straight away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bloody yeah. Florida in the United States. What are they up to? How ridiculous is it's always the most believable one. <laughs> mm, the baby snakes. Goodness gracious! I hope that's not true, and I hope you're not sadistic enough to come up with it yourself, Ash. That's <laughs> a, you, buddy bastard. I mean, I came up with the salmonella German cannibals. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, you know, we just we just know you love raw chicken. That's um, that's that's, <laughs> that's half of it. And it's, that's canon now. That's just part of my psyche. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, and the first one was, was that skateboarding you said? Yeah. Uh, nine Skate- year old James Tivoli skateboarding prodigy becomes youngest ever to land the Indy 900 beating Asher Brayshaw's record who landed the trick at 10. Mm, I haven't really been following it much. Is that in the Olympics that, um, that certain stories coming uh, from or I haven't actually read these articles, so I don't know. I assume it wouldn't be. I don't even know if it was recent to be honest. Um, I don't think there would be a nine-year-old competing in the Olympics. Well, I mean, maybe there is. I don't know if there's there were restrictions. There was definitely like a 13-year-old. I don't know how much younger they go than that at the Olympics. There was like some real young kids participating. So I remember reading about it a bit on Twitter, but I haven't really caught up with it that much because it's the first year that uh, skateboarding's in the Olympics, which is really cool. Oh, yeah, it is too. That would be very topical. Maybe it was from the Olympics. I'm not sure. I'm not going to check now, obviously, because... Mm. So I do, I do believe that one because I, I don't know enough about skateboarding to be like, well, no, uh, mm. actually the record is this and I've got no idea. 
Um, so I'm going to believe that one just for the sake of it. I think uh, the baby's under the bed. I don't know how many. Don't know how many eggs a snake can lay at once. Don't know. Is it up to seventeen? I don't know. Is it like a chicken that's got like half a dozen or something? Not sure. Not sure. There are only little eggs coming from a snake. So were they incubated under there for a while? Was the snake remaining under there, just coiled around them, keeping them warm? I don't know how. A, I don't know. If, I don't know if a snake has to sit on them like a chicken. <laughs> I got no. Well, I think snakes <laughs> are cold blooded, so I'm not sure if their eggs would need to be incubated. Yeah, yeah I don't. Don't know. I think the egg might though, because if the egg goes cold, it's not just going to be a real cold egg. That's not going to work. But I think it doesn't. Well, actually, I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't know anything about this. But my unestimated guess, my uneducated guess, would be that reptile eggs probably don't really need to be incubated anywhere near as much because the creatures are cold-blooded. All right. So. Well, this is where Siri comes into play, Ash, for this type of thing. We're at the bar. We've only got our phones here. We've got to, we've got to settle, settle a debate. So, um, let's, actually, I've got, I got two Apple computers and my phone. So, hopefully, Siri decides to pick up on the actual iPhone. Um, all right. So, do snakes need to incubate their eggs? Okay. I found this on the web for do snakes need to incubate their eggs. Check it out. Snake incubation. I hope it was going to actually say it, but it's actually just giving me a link. <laughs> so Isn't that usually what Siri does? Yeah, so the thing with Siri, like, it just annoys me so much. I want the answer. I don't want a link to it. That's something Android yeah. just does a lot better. It just actually, like, reads it, whatever the answer is to you. Oh, is that, like, with Bixby? I deactivated Bixby. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's Bixby. I think it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Not gonna have that. I think that's that's um well that's I don't know if it's for all Android, but that's Samsung's version. Yeah. Of yeah, that's just Samsung. Bixby. Bixby. Yeah, right. so there's a Bixby button on the side of my phone, and I keep pressing it by accident. It got really annoying, so I deactivated it. Mm. Nah, fair enough. Well, this article isn't even loading. It's just like a blank, blank <laughs> thing. So thank you, Siri. You fucking settled nothing. Um, I'm going to assume <laughs> they do need to incubate their eggs. Because why not? I don't know. There's going to be some snake charmer out there who's going to have all the information just at the tip of their tongue <laughs> and they're just screaming at their iPod Nano at the moment. Be like, Bloody hell, boys, they don't have to incubate them. So, well, I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> just spit on them from afar. <laughs> spit on them? Jesus Christ, Ash. That's crude. <laughs> your saliva's warm when it comes out of your mouth. Yeah, but only for a few seconds, Ash. It, it becomes no, cold pretty quick. constantly. It's just a constant stream. <laughs> yeah, it's like a sprinkler. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> anyway. Yes, anyway. Um, after all that, I forgot what the last one was. Remind me. Last one was... You can't remember. <laughs> Florida man in ah, bubble-like yes. yep. vessel washes up on beach, Sheriff says. All right. Um, I reckon that one's the furphy. I reckon you're trying to bait me with... Bait me away with the fact it's a Florida man. I think you're making up some the shit. Old, the, the old double fake. Double fake. Have There's you double faked me, Ash? For. Well, Drew, I have not. Mm. You can always trust the Florida man to be crazy. No, that's a wrong for me. No furphy. No cracking furphies here. <laughs> Actually, did you want to try and pick out of the last two before I tell you which one it is? Yeah, sure. All right. Um... All right, we'll go. We'll we'll go with the uh, we'll go with the snakes. Well, Andrew, <laughs> you are still wrong. <laughs> Just multiple wrongs. <laughs> All right. James Tivoli, the skateboarding prodigy, doesn't exist. I made him up. Okay. But I, to be fair, it was like 
I was pretty precise with it. I actually looked up who the youngest person was that's ever landed the Indy 900, and it was a guy named Asher Brayshaw who landed it at 10. I just made up another guy that had done it younger. Well, that's that's bullshit, Ash. I got no nothing about skateboarding. I just, just go with well, the name. I didn't know about it until I looked it up. I know oh. the Indy 900's a thing. I used to play Tony Hawk's on PS2. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I only played a little bit at friends' places, so I never knew any of the skaters' names or anything, so... Don't have oh, the skateboard like, knowledge. I was never like, I was never really a skater. I tried to skate a little bit when I was mm. really young, but wasn't any good at it. I did quite but like I the Avril Lavigne song, and- <laughs> "Skater Boy." Great song, but yeah, I knew all the skaters and everything. Chad Musker was always my favourite. Yeah, nice. There you go. Yeah, so that's there you go. Body right, failure. Let's get onto your. Oh, did you want to hear actually about? The snakes? I think we better hear about these snakes, Ash. We might have some information that will settle this bit of a bar dispute. Okay, this is from skynews.com, and it reads, A woman describes horror at finding snake and 17 babies under bed after a reptile gave birth. I thought I might have caught you off with this one just because of how it's worded, because it says gave birth and not like laid eggs or anything like that. Mm. Trish Wiltshire from the US state of Georgia tells of how she was scared shirtless. I thought that said shitless, but it says shirtless. (laughs) Uh, After the surprise reptilian encounter at her home, adding she has a slight feeling there may be more than one left. Oh, gross. (laughs) Despite an expert safely removing the creatures. Oh, it's an ugly looking snake too. A woman has described her horror at discovering 18 snakes writhing under her bed as she was about to go to sleep. Trish Wiltshire had to do a double take after noticing what she initially thought was a piece of fuzz moving on the floor. Oh, gosh, there's a picture here. That looks... That's gross. (laughs) Seconds later, she noticed another piece of fuzz moving at her home in the US state of Georgia. Look at all the baby snakes in my bedroom. I'm freaked out. That's a Facebook post with pictures. Obviously, you can't see that. Mm -hmm. She eventually found a mother snake and 17 babies after turning the bedroom upside down. Miss Wiltshire suspects the animal gave birth under her bed on Sunday. Pictures reveal how the snakes were barely visible after blending into the carpet. There's not really much information there. Mm. Nothing about eggs or anything like that. So There is pictures (laughs) of the snakes, and they do blend into the carpet. They kind of look like... I don't know. It's hard to tell how big they are, but I think they're really small and they kind of look like millipedes or something like that. Yeah, they start off really small. They look gross. (laughs) And they would have been very easy to miss by going off the pictures. Um, Just quickly, Florida man and bubble-like vessel. A Florida man has washed ashore inside a bubble-like vessel on Saturday morning after an apparent attempt to walk on water. <laughs> I don't really, probably don't really need to go into any more of it than that. The vessel's quite odd. I don't really understand how he thought he was walking on water being in that. But yeah, they found him on the shore. So I've, I've actually got a little bit of information about the eggs because this is the first time we are live uh, recording the show. So Ash, we've actually got uh, David Langley in the chat at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, Drew and Ash sounds like a fun night. Uh, they lay six to 30 eggs and the ground keeps the eggs warm. So the snakes don't need to. Some snakes oh. give birth to, uh, to lie birth as well. Um, so that, that's, where, that's where my concern comes like from. This one might have given live birth then going off of the wording in the article. It didn't say what kind of snakes they were or anything, but the article was quite bare bones on information. 
Mm, yeah, up the game there. Like we've got a lot of questions here. We would be more happy to <laughs> click on more stories on their site I mean, to find out more information. We're, we're crowdsourcing our information at the moment. Give us something. You're mm. a news article. Yeah. You're a news source. Where's the professional journalism? Yeah, well, David Langley here at the pub is uh, giving us all the information <laughs> we need. So who, who, who needs some good sources? You just come to the pub and you just get all the information you need. Dave is a more valuable source of information than journalists is what I'm hearing. And it's, it's absolutely true. It is true. We're yeah. in a crisis at the moment. <laughs> Lucky we've got people like Dave here to help us. Oh, thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. All right, so the last one. This is nice and simple. Be nice and quick. And this has a theme to it. And uh, try and guess the theme. So, hermit crabs dying in their hundreds of thousands due to container waste island study finds. New species of hermit crab discovered in the Gulf of Mexico. And last, hermit crabs aren't all hermits as shown by crowd sizes at Panic at the Disco's hermit crab only concert. (laughs) <laughs> oh while I, while I so wish it could be true <laughs> obviously COVID restrictions aren't allowing for a concert so it has to be mm. number three <laughs> that's the only reason though yeah yeah no nah, well you'll you be right you, you got that furphy it's a nice easy one I just felt like doing like a really easy dumb one just at the end there um, Maybe I should have done one of those as well. That was, yeah. that was I thoroughly enjoyed that one. That might have when you said it was going to be really easy, and then I heard the first two stories. I'm like, these are both very believable. Is this meant to be easy? And then you said the third one. I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, panic at the disco. They've been having hermit crab only concerts. A uh, really exciting time, but obviously with the turnout, just that the hermit crabs aren't so much of a hermit. They're little party animals. They go for it. They love Panic at the Disco. I think think that some species of hermit crabs are actually quite social. I think they just get the name from living in the shells by themselves. Mm. Of course. How are they going to live in the shell of someone else? You know, property prices are that expensive now. You're going to get a big shell to go and have your whole family in? I don't think so. Imagine trying to buy one of those shells in Sydney at the moment. Oh, it'd be have ridiculous. you seen the prices? Be nuts. Like, by the time like you paint your shell, then you outgrow it anyway. You know, you just get it how you want it. You get your stuff set out, but your butt's too big, won't fit in this bloody shell. So it's just, it's just a constant problem. And then you've problem. got the problem with shell scalpers. They buy these cheap mm. shells, they whack a coat of paint on it, and they sell it for three times the price. Yeah, and it breaks in oh, like a week. gosh, the market is just out of control at the moment. Yeah, so I feel I feel really bad for these hermit crabs, but at least there are bands out there, there are entertainers like Panic at the Disco that are offering a service to these hermit crabs, just you know, getting their mind off of COVID and um, property prices and all this rubbish that you have to put up with, you know, a lot of people, we don't often think about hermit crabs. We think of them as pets, little things you buy from a pet store, but they're a lot more than that. So just want to bring that up on the show, just uh, highlight some good crabs there. But yeah, that's all the stories, Ash. Really like, I really like hermit crabs just randomly because I nearly got a tattoo of a hermit crab recently. Recently? So it was that. Did you have one as a, a, a kid that you really no, loved? I've or? never had a hermit crab. I just think that they look really cool. Yeah. I mean, they're nice little fun animals i guess and just like having them i guess in the tank or wherever you keep them just then they come out the shell and then you're like oh look i got this other shell from the beach and you chuck it in and it goes in it. it's like oh it gives you a little warm little feeling 
I guess. I never had a hermit crab, but at school, I think early primary school, we had hermit crabs in the classroom and they're always fun to watch. More interesting than the goldfish, that's for sure. A lot more work, oh, though. Had a, a lot more work. You've just sparked a memory for me for, like, class pets. It feels like a very American thing, class pets, but we definitely had one when I was in, like, junior primary, so just out of kindergarten, first three-year levels of school. We had the coolest classroom pet. I don't remember if it had a name or not. I, I don't remember a name, but we had an axolotl. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very random. I never heard of anyone else even having one in general. And we had an axolotl as a class pet. Yeah, that's I cool. I say it was cool. It was actually really boring. Most of the time they sit motionless and just, I don't even know if they're staring. Maybe they're asleep. I don't even know if they have eyelids. But yeah, it was, it was different. It was pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, we had budgies. I remember, uh, yeah, because there's budgies and we actually got to, uh, had the, t- Someone had to take him home every weekend to look after him, uh, you know, for the weekend. So leaving him in the class by himself. And I think I really wanted to take it home. I don't know if I ever took it home though to budgie because we always had animals here. I always had dogs, cats, lambs, calves, um, but never had a never had a bird of any sort. So I was like, this. I went through a stage where I'm like, mom, mom, I want a budgie. I want a budgie. <laughs> and uh, I never got one because I think at the end of the day, it's like, what do you want a budgie? You got a dog. It's just everything sucks compared to a dog. I don't know about you, but. Why do you want? Why do you want a hamster? Why do you? Why do you want a? Even a cat? Like seriously, just get a dog. They, I don't know. How do you? Do you like uh, dogs? Or you're not a dog person, are you? Are you? No, I love dogs. Oh, okay. I absolutely love dogs. If that probably would be number one on my list, but only just. I like a lot of different animals. I'm a very animal person. I. Don't watch much TV, but if I am watching TV, it's probably Bob Ross or David Attenborough. So I'd like. <laughs> I just if I if I had my time again, I probably would have done something with animals like animal conservation or something like that. Bit too late to do it now, but yeah, I'm a very I, I really like marine animals and birds. Actually, funnily enough, that you mentioned that. Yeah, but as a pet, I think a, like a dog just makes sense. It's a very it's the it's the most pet worthy animal, hmm. and I think that a cat is a close second for some people. I love cats. I love cats. Yeah. Cats number one, like. I could never have a dog here. If I was going to get a pet, it would be a cat just because I couldn't have a dog where I live. Mm. Yeah, so I go, well, I've got to clean out your litter tray. Cats. And... cats are a close second for me. I had two cats when I was living in Perth. Yeah. They were great. One of them was fucking stupid, but they were both great. <laughs> yeah, I love cats too. We got a, I've got a little little cat that's sort of like never grown properly. It's like, it's like real cute and stuff. And uh, her name's Nala. She has some problem... Um, she went through a phase where she's like shitting next to her litter box, which really, really <laughs> irritated me. I'm I like, think that that's actually quite common. Well, not quite common, but it's not uncommon. Like mm. it's not weird when a cat does it. I, I could have killed the thing. I'm like, mate, we're, we're good here. Look, this, this is this is as far as it goes with a cat. Look, mate, we feed you. We look after you. We pay for you. We do vet bills. And all I ask is at night time, I come home, I watch TV, I get the pat you, and then you take care of your business elsewhere. That's all I ask. You're there for the pats. That's it. But if I'm not getting pats and you're shitting on the floor, I was like, what? what's the point of you, mate? you gotta, you got to pull your weight around here um, eventually and just just really uh, really irked me. But in the, my dog, she's similar, but she's, she's, she's fun. Little Jack Russell, Lila. 
She's my little wolf. Oh, I've, I've met I've met your cat and your dog several times. They're both mm-hmm. great. Yes, yes. Um, the dog's very energetic. She is. I mean, she's a she's a bit more placid now. She's growing up a little bit, which I appreciate. She's not so much work. When I let her out the house, <laughs> I don't have to go and chase her down the street anymore. <laughs> she listens and comes back, and yeah, it's good. Uh, just quickly talking about this, there was a bit on another podcast that I listened to, the Matt and Alex podcast, where. Matt is a very, I don't know if you know Matt and Alex Stoll. They used to be Triple J presenters. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, now they do their own podcast. He's a he's very anti-dog, Matthew oh. O'Kine. Weirdly enough, there's not many of them out there, but they do exist. But he made a point about dogs that I actually, like, because I love dogs, but I actually agree with him. He said, because he, everybody always, he says that, like, people always talk about how much their dogs love them and they're just the most loyal best friend animals you could ever have. He said, yeah, you think so? Open the door for 10 minutes and then tell me where your dog is. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I was like, yeah, Definitely. Not, fair enough. That dog would be gone. You'd never see it again. <laughs> Whereas a cat, it would probably not even leave. No, 100%. He's, just, he's a cat person and not a dog person. But like, I like them both. I probably prefer dogs, but I love cats too. I understand people that don't like cats because they're they're pretty irritating at times <laughs> and they're just not, they're not the same. They're small. They're like not as affectionate. They're not as happy to see you and stuff like that. But no, I love them. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just giving the, the cat some shit because, uh, you know, it hurt my feelings. It hurt my feelings she, earlier she this year. She gave you some shit. <laughs> yeah, she gave me some shit. All right. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, Ash, that will bring us to the end of Crack and Furfies. Bringing, uh, it's been an absolutely fantastic time talking with you again. Always, always. Always, yes, yes. Um, before we finish, though, I will say, um, if you do enjoy this podcast, go and check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave us a review. Five stars helps out the show. Get up there in the algorithms and stuff. Um, haven't really been saying that. I don't know if I have to say it to make people do it. I don't know. But uh, it definitely would help us grow this uh, small show which we are just starting up episode four which we just finished a lot of fun so far i think um ash is enjoying it as well oh i'm having a great time i look forward to it every week yeah i do too i do too except for uh well not that i wasn't looking forward to it, to it last week but last week last thursday this was like a lot of <laughs> stuff going on and it came to seven o'clock hour it's uh, recording time i'm like Oh shit! <laughs> I got there two it's minutes hard to late. Look forward to something when if you, if you forget that it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's uh, that's nothing against us, Ash. I love you. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> love you too, babe. You too, babe. All right, so I'll catch you next week, Ash. No worries. Look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> See ya. Kraken Furfies is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew, and my co-hosts are Ash Wallace, Daniel Treadray, and Thomas McRobert. 
If you enjoy my work here as well as on my other podcasts, The House of Mario, Encore at The House of Mario and A Drew Story, help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you would like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby where for only $1, you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.